Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 95, recorded on April 8th, 2019, where John and Jason talk about all of the news. That was all just last week. Okay, all of the news that the Power BI team announced last week. Hey, Jason, welcome back. Hey, John, how are you, my friend? I'm all good. All good. The snow's almost gone. Oh, wow. That's the, you know, and it's not even May. That's right. (laughs) Smart ass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to be back in Texas. I had an amazing week in London. I was surprised at how quiet things are over in the Tower Bridge area, Tower Hill space in the evenings. I was amazed that most of the pubs there shut down by 10 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when, you're, when you're working two time zones, that makes it difficult to get a good dinner. Yeah, I can imagine it does. I can imagine it does. <laughs> I, I love that area, though. <laughs> it's beautiful. I got some great pictures just with my phone because I didn't bring my camera rig with me this time. I wished I had by the time I was I left, but I got some great pictures at sunset. And it was it was a blast, and I flew home on uh, well, not true. I flew back to the states <laughs> on Saturday morning, landed, picked up my bag. And headed, picked up a rental car and hauled took us over to uh, SharePoint Saturday Houston, where they were like, wow, you're cutting it close. I said, oh, <laughs> ah, you need to talk to John. That, this is nothing. <laughs> I made it with half an hour to spare. I had time to go like wash my face yeah, and wow. you know, get prepared. So yeah, <laughs> did a new session for me, which was a lot of fun to do. It's one that you know is more business focused than it is geeky, mm-hmm. but it was called Business Transformation in the Digital Age. Wow! And it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I got asked, was I willing to share my deck? I said I will share it one to one because I kind of had the frame of it done before I got on the airplane for the ten and a half hour flight home, but I didn't have any of the imagery, <laughs> so I didn't look to see if any of it was copyrighted so I wasn't willing to publish it. I will clean all that up for the next time I do it. Didn't have it done like two weeks ahead of time? I'm shocked. Hey, John. (laughs) You know, not all of us can be you, my friend. I got great feedback on it, which was nice. It's always good to get good feedback. There were definitely some images in there that were not approved, allowable in public domain. I did steal from Moana for one of them. It was a lot of fun to do. I'll clean up those images and at some point I'll post that slide deck. But... (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. It was a good time. The folks who run SharePoint Saturday Houston do a great job. People really enjoyed it. People stayed throughout the entire day. Not all the speakers did. Uh, Some of our friends had to bugger off early, so I didn't get to see some folks. But, man, it was a lot of fun to be there. And then uh, I had John-style shenanigans trying to come home yesterday. Uh, And I was nowhere near an airport, so I can't be blamed. No, no, this was not your fault. This was Mother Nature. Uh, So I ended up... uh, bagging off the flight and actually just driving home from Houston in the end. Got home before my flight landed, though. That was the only thing that mattered. It's a beautiful thing. So I got home to my family in time to spend some quality time. Cool. But, man, I was taking a look from London because I was over there teaching Teams training, which is not my normal modality, as you well know. But there was a whole bunch of news that came out last week. I couldn't keep up. I had to do a, a review at the end of the week. It was just every single day there was at least one or two blog posts that came out, and they're not the and they weren't you know announcing a conference or a, a webinar or something like that. These were big, mostly 
big, big news items that came out all all week. In fact, I think uh, Amir Nets threw out a tweet uh, saying, guys, slow things down a little. Let's get a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I responded to his tweet about that. That one, he can make a shush noise. We can make a shh. It's okay, Amir, just keep going. That's right. There's so much great stuff. We actually have in our list here, there are seven announcements that we have not yet talked about. And some of them I've glanced across, but I haven't had time to dig into. So let's talk about these. John, you may have to educate me a little bit on these as we go. No problem, because I have I did get a chance to do a review at the end of the week. To, and, and some of these are, are things that we knew were coming. So we have some insight on. But uh, yeah, the big news, I guess we'll go in order of when they were announced. So oldest to the newest, old being a week. Number one on our list here is uh, the Power BI open platform connectivity with XMLA endpoints public preview. What's that mean? Because it really doesn't mean anything to the layperson, I don't think. What that means is, at the end, you know how we've always talked about in our, in our sessions that in behind Power BI is basically a big version of analysis services, right? It's a, a huge analysis services farm with where your Power BI data sets, which are basically just analysis services data models. Well, now what they've done essentially is open that up so I can connect to that farm and my my data sets or my data models from any tool that could connect to analysis services previously, which is a huge deal, right? When you think about all of these other tools that are out there, like, I don't know, SQL Server Management Studio, you could connect to it and it looks and feels just like analysis services uh, that you might connect to, well, in the cloud, actually. like It looks just like Azure Analysis Services, which looks an awful lot like analysis services on-prem. Yeah, this for me is, it's... A great opportunity for folks who are working to migrate over to Power BI as their platform of choice, but yet are still on an, another technology. Whether you're using business objects today or you're using something like Tableau or any of the other platforms out there, this gives you the ability to reach in and talk directly to the model behind the data set behind the Power BI model. So this gives us the ability to go off and just talk to the data. We want to visualize it in the tool that we've been using for a while. We still have got licensing for working on migrating over because we see the benefit of Power BI, the ETL functionality, all of that, all the data flows, coolness that we're going to be able to do. This, we can reach back with those other tools for the time being and go in and reach in and talk to the data, be able to visualize in the platform that you're using today that's a corporate standard as you're working to migrate that corporate standard across. I think this is really huge news. We talked about this massively at Ignite. We talked with Christian along the way and all sorts of other folks who are all very excited about this. It's great to see that this is now finally in public preview. It came out on March the 28th, seeing as Ignite was September, it took a while Do you think maybe this was hard, maybe a little complicated for them to do? I think it's a little complicated and it's nuanced. And and it's also going to be rolling out in stages. So our our first stage, and it's worth mentioning, it's a couple of caveats associated with it. It's a dedicated capacity feature or premium feature right now. That's one of those things that it needs the isolation at the moment. That is not the goal moving forward. They want to open it up so pro users can take advantage of this. The other thing it is right now is read-only. Which is fine from a, like as you were saying, if you've got these other tools that are consuming these models and that might not be a transition. They may prefer to use those clients. That's fine. They can go ahead and use those clients with these data models that we get to all the other advantages of Power BI for. But, um, down the road, we'll be able to read and write 
to these data models, which means we could start to use some of the tooling around Azure Analysis Service like Management Studio to set up things like partitions and all of that good stuff that we haven't really had uh, granular control over up until now. Very cool. So let's close the book on this one. Let's move on to the next one, which I consider this more on the minor news point thing, but it's still worthy of note. There is the title of this one is Enhancing Presentation Mode with Slideshow and Windows Power BI app. I will say I consider this to be minor news, but I will tell you every customer that I have that is using Power BI wants this feature. Okay. This is the one thing they've been clamoring for. They build these dashboards. They build these reports. They have plasma screen TVs. You know how cheap it is to buy an LED TV and hang it on a wall with a USB Windows PC on the backside just to be able to display data from dashboards and all sorts of other stuff. So as people walk by in the hall, as they're walking to the cafeteria, they can see where they are and how they're measuring up. Because let me tell you, there's no better way to know if you're winning than seeing it on a 65-inch flat-screen TV. <laughs> That's absolutely right. I mean, I, what I was going to say earlier is I've got a use case right out of the gate for this guy, which is our, our tie graph for Twitter, the report for all of the conferences we do. And many of the conferences want to put it up on the wall. They want to put it up on TVs around. The problem with it is typically, or up until now, it's been, you know, we show the main page of the report and it's there. And the best we can do is go and have it refresh automatically by pulling some tricks with things like Chrome add-ins, et cetera. But now we can bring up the Power BI mobile app and have it cycle through all of the pages of the report on a periodic basis. It's beautiful. I can't wait to try this out. I think it'd be a good idea to reach out to Arun and say, hey, would you like for us to put the Tigraph for Twitter on a big screen for you at MBAS, the Microsoft Business Application Summit, and have that scrolling through? Do you think maybe that would go over well? I think that might be a decent idea. We're going to have to reach out to Arun and see if they're interested. Yep. We can go ahead and set that up for them. And yep. uh, we were planning to be there anyway, so we may as well uh, see if we can add to that with that. Show so off the new I features. think this is... I call it minor news. The impact of this to the end user is pretty high. I think so. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah, if you fall into that use case. And another one, I mean, it's just as we churn out, we've got the Power BI data flows. We've been talking about data flows for uh, almost a year now. We didn't always refer to them as data flows, but uh, we've been talking about the concept for about a year now. Well, finally, they're in general availability. So they are out of preview. We can feel free to use them in production. Now. John, where do data flows live? Is this a premium only thing? Just remind me. Data flows are not a premium only thing. They are available for everyone. There are a couple of features that are premium only, the ability to refer to one entity from another entity. But for the most part, data flows are that essentially that data warehouse or data mart layer in Power BI. It's a storage by default. It's a storage that Microsoft provides to all users where you can persist your data. Basically, it's a way to centralize your data prep so that you could use the same data prep with multiple reports. You don't have to lock away all of that Power Query goodness in a single report anymore. It can be available to all of your reports. Well, We'll save talking about uh, data flows anymore. We should go ahead and drop that interview with Matthew Roche here soon. Yes. Because that was an amazing conversation yes. about data flows. And you know, I think that's a great one to, to make sure that we put out sometime in the next week or two. Uh, yeah. If they end up dropping desktop on us next week, maybe we'll consider waiting. We've seen some tweets from Amir that suggests maybe it's coming next week. But if if it doesn't come next week, maybe we'll go ahead and slip Matthew in there because that was an amazing conversation. He's a, he has a great interview, yeah, yeah. Let's take a pause real quick before we move on to the next one to hear a word from one of our sponsors. 
Feel uncertain about your Power BI success? What are the questions you need to answer to deliver value? Tumble Road can help. They will put you on the road to success with training, advice, and products that get you to value faster, just like they've done for other Fortune 50 customers. Download their free Power BI guide, packed with technical tips and tricks, at tumbleroad.com forward slash success. All right, so moving on into uh, the next announcement. This came out from our friend Christopher Finland. Azure Analysis Service is now supported, and what's coming next with paginated reports and Power BI? This is the most misleading blog post title <laughs> I have ever read. I'm sure Chris will appreciate because that. Because there are three distinct important points here, and the one that they put in here as the top announcement isn't the top announcement, in my opinion. And maybe I'm wrong, but I have a pretty high opinion of myself, John, so I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> of course. Well, and there's some nuance around the first one. So it's just the main headline here. We've got Azure Analysis Services now supported. Well, SSRS or Power BI Report Service always supported analysis services. So what's the big deal about it being supported in Azure Analysis Services? And by the way, let's be very clear. When we're talking about paginated reports in Power BI, we're talking about the service not on-premises. This is not, everything we're about to say does not apply to on-premises. It's paginated reports, which are the old, I, hate, I shouldn't keep saying that, but the RDL style reports, the SSRS style reports running in the Power BI service. And the big deal for me connecting to Azure Analysis Services is the authentication mechanism. It's not using classic authentication mechanisms. It's using the, the modern auth. And that has been something that SSRS has not done up until now. And we know that that's coming. And so this is kind of the first time we've seen it actually working. So, yep, we can do modern auth to analysis services in the cloud. That's point A. Yeah. So point A, and the last bullet point here matters, the semantic model, by the way, John, they refer to it as the semantic model. Uh, sometimes. Just to remind <laughs> you that they referred <laughs> or, to this. Or a data set. Semantic model. Or a yeah. model. So yeah. the semantic model can be reused in reports built by your IT team. Yep. And those created by, and those, uh, created by business analysts and even by an external tool like Excel or even third-party tools as recently announced with support for the XML endpoint. Now, this leads into the next one, which I think is the most important yeah, announcement is. piece in this entire blog post, it buried which the is lead. the paginated reports using the, the semantic, they're using the enterprise semantic model. Yep. Paginated reports using Power BI data sets. Power BI data sets. That's exactly it. Well, the, the, or the semantic. Existing it's all the Power thing. BI data sets. Right. So we can go right. and connect to existing Power BI data sets and create paginated reports yes. in the Power BI service. Yes. So we've up until That's now. That's massive. Yeah, it, it is. Up until now, we, we always make a distinction between, I always make a distinction between two major report types, interactive reports or an analytical reports and structured reports, organizational reports. And that Microsoft refers to them as interactive, or, but there's multiple types of interactive. But the paginated reports are those structured org reports. And it's been a different tool to do the different job depending on what you needed to do. And so that's meant we had to do the data prep for both tools separately and independently. We're doubling up the work. Now we could do our data prep with Power BI Desktop, should we wish to do so, and connect to the resultant model in the service 
with a paginated report. That's huge. The reason why this matters is because I work with a bunch of CFOs and CEOs, CTO type, C-suite people who look at all the Power BI stuff that we do and they're like, that's really nice. That's it's cute. great to be able to slice and dice and Julianne the data. Yep. That's awesome. But you know what? All I want is a report that tells me X things. Yep. And now... Instead of messing with what the the data scientists have built in Power BI, right. we can simply connect to the back end, create them that report that they want to see, and then they can get that. They can just see the data that they really want to see in a paginated report format, yep. and that's huge. It's printable for them. So it's something that it just it comes across cleanly that they can handle, and that's great. You just said it, printing. That's the biggest use case for this because as we know, you know, paginated reports, all these things, they're designed to be printed first. Analytical reports, they're really good at drilling around. They're useless, frankly, at being printed. Well, if you need, if you have a printing requirement for your Power BI reports, design the printed version of the report in Power BI. Well, we'll talk about that in the tool that you use to build paginated reports and point them at that same data set. And bam, you've got the best of both worlds. All right. So a couple of things to point out about this particular, just a pair, it's a paragraph in this blog post, okay, is that number one, this is coming over the course of the next month. Yep. Right? This is not instant on. It's not there all at the same time. Right. But starting this week being last week, mm -hmm. they'll be able to build paginated reports for semantic and semantic models being deployed as Power BI data sets. So you can reach back, you can do that right now. But what's still yet to come, and it will be coming fast follow, is being able to respect the role-based security, RLS, role-level security, as defined in the model, yeah, regardless of the tool. And that makes sense. And it's the same in paginated reports. So you're going to be able to have that the role-level the, the role security, security yep. be yep. respected in paginated reports. That Fantastic. Yep. Yep. Good things, man. Good thing. The last thing in here is called New Feature Friday. Yep. Now, I think this is great. What this is, is that every Friday for the next several Fridays, and they don't define how many several is. Several could be three. It could be 20. <laughs> uh, who knows? This is one team on the Power BI team. This is the report server, report, uh, Pagina reports and report server, Power BI report server team that is putting all of this out. For the next several Fridays, they're going to put out a new feature every week. That's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of work and a lot of stuff that they're bringing out. And they even tease a couple of them. Several of them are highly anticipated features, including support for Power BI datasets, sharing via apps, and email subscriptions. So that's some new stuff that they're going to bring to bear for us. And I'm excited about it. Should be really cool. They've also got some additional fact things in here that you can go off and take a look at and read yourself. We don't want to just here read this to you. But I really wish that they would have done Wonderful Wednesday features <laughs> or something. Because now we have to go off and record this show on Friday afternoon no, sometimes thanks. in order to catch up <laughs> or wait until the next week in order to get in on what they're doing. Because uh, they're dropping it on Friday. I'm pretty sure Finland did that just to mess with us, John. Oh, probably. I have no doubt that everything he does is just to mess with us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's take a pause before we run to, to the last couple of items for uh, the last sponsor break. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. 
Com. All right. We just talked about the new feature Friday. Well, this next post is their first new feature Friday post. And this one's massive, a absolutely huge thing that they're bringing in. Welcome. This is Power BI Paginated Report Builder is now available. Which, Did you know that there was going to be a Paginated Report Builder separate? Well, I, I have for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> There was it. no there was no leak about this. There was no. no information about this ahead of time. This is pretty cool stuff. It's Report Builder. There, you remember Report Builder from SSRS? I the do remember Report Builder. Good old Report Builder. Paginated reports in the cloud have some very specific requirements and capabilities. And frankly, they don't do some of the other things that paginated reports on-premises that you would use with SSRS and Power BI Report Server can do. And up until now, building those paginated reports in the service, you just use the on-prem version of Power BI Report Builder. You upload the RDL and away you go. But there's an awful lot from, an, from a user standpoint. It's a bit confusing because there's some features within the regular report builder that don't apply to the cloud and vice versa. They also need to add some features to the authoring experience that apply only to the cloud and not on-premises. What has gone on is basically this is a, call it a fork of report builder. And the version that you use to create these RDL or paginated reports in the cloud is called Power BI Paginated Report Builder, which is fairly descriptive. Well, to be fair, it's actually called Microsoft Power BI Report Builder, not Paginated Report Builder. It's just called Report Builder. They went back and forth on the naming, I think, a couple of times because we were involved in some conversations of what should we name it. They asked our opinion, then yep, immediately right. disregarded yep. anything we had to say <laughs> because then they realized... These yeah. guys, who are these guys again? Why are we asking their opinion? I was going with the blog post, which is called out in the blog post. But there you go. So, so this is an important distinction to make because Power BI Report Builder is not used for building Power BI reports, right? What we would think of as a Power BI report, a PBIX. It's, built, it's used for building Power BI paginated reports. So let's make that super clear. <laughs> uh, you know, what? Just why name things properly? Anyway, <laughs> I think it might have to do with some mechanics. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. But the point is, this is a separate download and install. Yes, specifically for building paginated reports in the Power BI service. And the nice thing about this is, to your point, John, what they've done is they've taken away the stuff that you were you couldn't do in the service that you could do on-prem. Right. So you only have the things that you can do in the that's service. Right. Yeah. I think that's really nice. It I makes life it makes a lot sense. easier. It's not as confusing. And Apart from the name. It is the similar frame to what we have yep. for Power BI for Report Builder for on-prem. It's a different icon, which is nice. At least that's a thing. It's got the same yellow as Power BI, but it's got a different icon. So it's pretty easy to tell the difference between what's Report Builder for on-prem and what's Power BI Report Builder. And it gives you some wizard op options as you open it of, are you building a table or matrix? Do you want a chart? Do you want a map? Or do you want to build your own from scratch? So very nice experience. I've played just a tiniest bit with this so far. I expect to be playing with a lot more as we move into uh, some of the conferences that we're working up to as well as for a bunch of my clients, they're going to be very excited about this. But yeah, lots of great stuff that they have. This is enabling a bunch of different things. 
So you can either go and get it from the blog post, you could do a Google or Bing search and find it, or in Power BI, you can go and you can download it. It is called Report Builder. It Right now, it is the third one down under the Downloads button in app.powerbi.com. I look forward to explaining to people in our day-long session that the tool you want to use to design Power Reports and build Power BI reports is Power BI Desktop. And the tool you want to use to build paginator reports is Power BI Report Builder. Okay, that's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be fun. That's okay. You know what? It gives us more to uh, to talk to people about. And, you know, they have to keep coming back and asking us questions. Absolutely. Listening to this show. We have to have know, some hey, value. <laughs> yeah. If Excellent. everything was easy, John, we wouldn't have jobs. That's true. That's absolutely right. <laughs> Even though I don't do this for a living. That's okay. That's okay. Let's move it right along. I thought that was really huge. Good stuff. It is. The next one here is that Workspaces V2 is GA. Also huge. A bit of finally with that. We've been using them and messing with them. I guess since the public preview was announced or was launched in August, I believe, was when we saw that. And the V2 Workspaces is the only way to get it a number of things. I'm not sure if data flows is one of them, but there's there's a number of features that are only available through uh, the V2 workspace, and now it's GA. It's in it's in production, and it's a it's a big deal. What, what what does that mean? It means up until now, when you create a new workspace in Power BI, you would create a classic workspace, and you'd be given the option to try out the new V2 workspace, and when this rolls out. You will now be given the option to revert to the old version, but by default, it will be the new workspace. I haven't seen this rollout in any of my tenants yet. I'm looking forward to it because there's some additional options we're going to get that were not in preview. The big one, to my mind, is the ability, because I guess we should, I should back up and mention what the big difference with the V2 workspace is. The V2 workspace is not bound to an Office 365 group. Right. And so it, when you spin up one of these workspaces, it has its own security model and it does not create a SharePoint site in behind the scenes. It does not create a mailing list or any of those things. It lives independently. One of the big differences there is where are we going to put our PBIX files when we want to store them in, in, in storage. Before, it was always going to be back in that SharePoint document library, right? Where, or, you know, when you wanted to put in some content, use the browser to, to bring in content, you pick that OneDrive option, which is not that well-named, but I'll, I'll come back to that. But you always had a backing SharePoint document library. Well, where are you going to store things now? Well, you will have the ability to specify a SharePoint library when you create one of these new workspaces. So you, you'll be able to bring your own instead of it necessarily having to be documents. It might be whatever you want. So you might want to create a library called Power BI Reports, for example, and put that in a, in a site or a series of them. Or you might want to have one SharePoint site that has all of your Power BI Reports and connected to from different workspaces. So you're going to have that capability. My one beef with this is that it's going to be ref- these these libraries are going to be referred to as OneDrives as we move forward. And that, I think, is misleading. I hope that doesn't stick, but it probably will. Yeah, that gets to be a little... Don't they have things called One... Isn't there yes, a OneDrive yes. already at this Microsoft? Was, yeah, well, so when, when we had when we had the V1 Ooh, workspace... John, maybe they should call it SkyDrive. Shush. Just stop it right now. <laughs> SkyDrive for business. Oh, we did that too. Maybe we should call it Power BI for... No, no. Uh, SkyDrive for Power BI. <laughs> OneDrive for Power BI. There you go. It sort of made sense in V1 workspaces when it was always bound to that document library. It's like, okay, it's the OneDrive for the group. 
That's kind of how I tried to refer to it. But now the fact that it could be any SharePoint library and has nothing to do with OneDrive, really. I'd like to see them referred to as libraries or SharePoint libraries or just SharePoint storage, something like that. Yeah. So for anybody who wants to be confused even more, there is a fact in here <laughs> that explains what their intentions are around Office 365 groups. Yep. And what they're doing, the fact that there still is the opportunity to have it create an Office 365 group, but they are planning to deprecate that feature. However, when you create an Office 365 group, it still will create a workspace for Power BI. So honestly, for those people who are looking at this and saying, but I'm a an Office 365 user and I want to be able to have all those things, start from the Office 365 group side, start with the Microsoft team, start with yeah. any of those fa functions will get you a Power BI workspace named properly. However, this is uh, more around the fact that not everybody who's using Power BI is using Office 365. Or, or at least not That's heavily. That's shocking. Yeah. yeah. But the reality is there are two clouds that they're focused on. One is Office 365. The other is Dynamics 365. From a Dynamics 365 perspective, they don't care about an Office 365 group. Well, so they're, they're this less is catering more towards it. those yeah. folks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they're all using Office 365 as well, but I'm sure the Dynamics 365 people say the same thing about us. So, and we don't yep. oftentimes. So that's okay. Moving right along, because man, we're already running long. We knew this would be a little bit of a yep. longer episode today, but we want to cover off the news because we know that there's so much more to come as we ramp up towards MBAS. At some point, I'm sure they're going to put a, a stop on all of these release things so they have more to roll then, yeah, right, I John? I would think so, but there's I don't no know. chance. They, they didn't do it last. <laughs> Year. I don't they, think they're going to do it no. this year. They're just ramping into the year, man. More and more good stuff. The last thing, number seven on our list today, is creating machine learning models in Power BI. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I intend to be, uh, I have not been hands-on with this yet. I've seen some of the early previews. Having you know worked a little bit with some of the machine learning development models, like uh, Azure Machine Learning Studio, you know, not being full-on and writing models in R and stuff like that, Python, but working with the graphical implementations, they're powerful. They still require a little bit of technical wherewithal. The Power BI team is looking to democratize even the model building aspects of machine learning right within Power BI. So the idea being you may have masses of data sitting here, what if you could just fairly easily point at your data and build a predictive model from it? And that's what the idea of this is. So you can basically, as part of a data flow, you could use the data flow to whenever you do a refresh, you could go and train a model and then build out predictions for any new data. It's kind of interesting. I'm going to be looking at it over the next couple of weeks and probably want to talk about it a little bit more in the future. Yeah, definitely a topic over the next couple of, let's call it next couple of months. Yeah. It will uh, garner more interest. There's lots of other cool stuff still yet to come. But for now, let's go ahead and leave, leave it with that because I think that uh, there's some other stuff coming down the line that's going to be just as exciting and interesting. Oh, yeah. But and by the way, we, we, wrap got, up, we got links for all of these announcements in the show notes. Just yes, all of this out. will be showing up in the show notes. Yeah. And if you haven't joined our mailing list, now is the perfect time to do so because we are getting ready to start putting out content for you. I know I've been promising this for a while, but I've started looking into ways of doing that properly to be able to share some of the news and other things with you. We're excited to see more of that come to bear. But also, we have a couple of upcoming events that we're all going to, that John and I are looking at. I am trying, I got asked by the good folks in Atlanta to come and join them for SharePoint Saturday Atlanta on May 11th. I'm looking into that, if I can <laughs> you, pull you, that off. You don't want to be home all in May, do you? <laughs> uh, you know, 
the happily May is uh, is pretty quiet, right? It's a quiet month. I had to say no to that one because being a gardener, I had to be home at least one weekend in May. <laughs> yeah, well, I happily am uh, am home some weekend. Most of the weekends in April, May, not as much. But I can tell you that we, John and I are going to be at SharePoint Fest DC doing our workshop as well as several other sessions. We're going to record a podcast live from the yep. show that starts on April 29th and runs through May the third. Looking forward to that. It's always an amazing show. Yep. If you're in the area, come out and join us. The next one that I have on the books for us, John, is uh, we're going to be in Las Vegas. Here we are. For SharePoint Conference, and it's going to be, that one is May the 20th through yep. the 24th. We're going to be there doing a workshop as well as several other sessions, including the we're doing hour. this at both DC and in Vegas, Power Hour. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. This is the only session at the conference that is meant to have you learn absolutely nothing. And laugh a lot. <laughs> But it is going to be fun. It's going to be funny. It's going to show you some different things that you can do with BI, but we are not teaching anything. That is a thing. This is is meant to be an informational, educational. This is fun. This is us having a lot of fun with what you can do with BI. I came up with some fun stuff. I was talking with Adam Saxton. I was with him over the weekend uh, at SharePoint Saturday Houston. What he's looking at doing is hilarious. Treb's got some funny ideas. John, you're going to have to step up your game, my friend. I think I'm good. You think so? (laughs) I think I'm good. (laughs) We're going to be putting out a poll and getting everybody to weigh in on what they think was fun. That's Uh, We also have a couple other folks we're looking at bringing to the table for the Vegas one. It's going to be a great time. I think we got Dave Dave Feldman in D.C. too, right? Yeah, we have Dave coming in D.C. for it. But also, we're going to turn right around and go out to Europe for European Collaboration Summit. It's in Wiesbaden in Germany. I think I said that right. Wiesbaden. Wiesbaden. Good. And that is one of my favorite shows of the year. I can't wait. It's just an awesome time. 2,000 people showing up at a hotel conference center in Germany. Community event. It's a great community event. 2,000 people at a community event, man. Yep. That's unprecedented. Anyway, following that, I'm going to London for SharePoint Saturday London. And then we are coming home from all of that and turning right around and going out to Microsoft Business Application Summit. We will be there podcasting one way or another. We're still (laughs) working on locations and all that fun stuff. But I think we've pretty hard committed that we're going to go do that. Pretty much. So come out, meet us, see us. We will have some swag that we're going to try and give away at SharePoint Conference, potentially at Microsoft Business Application Summit. So come and find us. John loves hugs. Oh, yeah. And uh, (laughs) you know he does. He really does. Come and and find us. And we've got some picks. Oh, we haven't even got... Oh, man, look at me. I'm, I'm skipping ahead. Let's get to our <laughs> picks, okay. John. We're user voice picks. We can't believe we didn't do our picks. We do. We do. Well, I, I want to make sure I get this one out there because this, this is one that's been a, a bug up my butt for a while. We talked a little bit about workspaces a few moments ago. Well, I have a lot of workspaces in my environment. I mean, Power BI, you go spin up a workspace, spin up another workspace, spin up another workspace. What happens when you get about 150, 200 workspaces in your organization? It gets a little unruly. I mean, you have one list of workspaces. How do you organize those? The answer, you can't. (laughs) Right now, it's just a flat list of workspaces. And if you have access to an awful lot of workspaces in in the environment, it's a lot of scrolling you have to get through to find what you're after. And a very, very welcome improvement to my mind would be an ability to structure them using folders. And that's what my user voice pick is all about this week. You'd be able to add folders into your Power BI workspace and then the ability to take workspaces and put them in folders as well 
as having folders within workspaces themselves. So I could organize my reports if I have a lot of reports within workspace, etc. Just basically a way of providing some hierarchy, bringing some sense to the uh, to the flat structure that is Power BI already. And I, I've got a we've got a uh, link to the user voice item in the show notes. So please go out and vote for this. I want to see it happen. I have just voted for it right now. There are 54 votes for that particular topic. Uh-huh. And I do have a pick because we were prepared for this. I just happened to have not been uh, on the ball. It was below the fold in our notes pane here. So uh, the last thing the last thing we'll talk about today is uh, my pick, which is Power BI Desktop version release notification. Right. As Power BI desktop versions are getting released every month from Microsoft Power BI, our customer would like to give the latest version of Power BI desktop to users as quick as it gets released. So it would be most helpful if we get an email notification alert to when the Power BI desktop version gets released. Wouldn't that be amazing? Absolutely. We can subscribe. Granted, we can go off and subscribe to the blog post, but it'd be really nice if we were able to get and subscribe to a notification that just tells us, hey, there is a new one. Yep. Personally, John, we have a flow that tells us yep. as soon as that blog post gets hit yep. and goes off. And, you know, I have a separate one beyond the one that you have that pops up and does a number of other notifications for me. So I go off and look for it as quick as possible. But uh, this is really important. It'd be, you know, customers are asking for this. So I've gone off and voted for it. Next week, I have a different pick around the. Uh, desktop and some pet peeves around that. I talked about it with Kim Manis on our interview with her, but uh, we'll post that one in next time. Awesome. Man, we have gone way long on this episode, and oh, uh, I am looking forward to all the follow-on news that's going to come. This was one week's worth of news, man. Yeah, no kidding. doesn't happen every week, but it's uh, it happened this one, that's for sure. So that's all right. Telling you. Good stuff. All right, buddy. You have a great day in Canada. I will do talk that. to you next time. Take it easy, man. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons.